You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right. At 106, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, what have you, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. All right, let's get to um, some of the sound of the day that we have regarding, well, I want to just kind of bring the latest now. I want to see how they are covering the latest story now. Obviously, the situation with the mother in Duxbury, uh, to me, that is uh, without question. That is still just the big story. It is so hard. And you know what else is interesting about it, folks, is, um, I mean, you just, or at least I, I think a lot of people, without question are just rooting for this this little seven month old boy and if I I mean if if there's just any way you can't I, I'm not gonna you know you can't imagine what the father is going through and it just sounds just such a terrible terrible situation. I want to play uh, some of the sound we have now, the latest now, uh, starting with, we'll do um, Channel 5 in Boston. They've um, done a good job with the story. In this community tonight, just behind us here, you can see uh, how many flowers and how many stuffed animals people have left here at the family's home. And tonight, investigators continue their search for answers. It was just beautiful, beautiful children. Well cared for, they were just beautiful. Relatives of the young children struggling to accept the heartbreaking reality as they deliver flowers to the family's home. You just can't explain. You just don't understand it. Prosecutors are also trying to find answers, trying to understand how 32-year-old Lindsay Clancy could have allegedly killed her own children. Investigators say she strangled her 5-year-old daughter, Cora, and her 3-year-old son Dawson. Her seven-month-old son was found unconscious at the home. I'm not in a position to comment on any mental health issues. Uh, however, I would say that everything is being looked at. Police say a distraught call came from the children's father last night when he got home around six. They say his wife had jumped out a window in an attempt to kill herself. Ah. I saw them wheeling out the mother um, on a stretcher. She was alive. And then I saw them... Uh, Neighbors who saw the police response are shaken. One neighbor says he often saw the family playing outside. The mother would be out during the summer and spring playing with children. I mean, it seemed very normal. Now that mother is facing homicide charges as her family copes with the loss of two young children. They had a beautiful life. I can't process it. I can't. I can't process it. Wow. And tonight, this mother is being treated in the hospital for critical injuries that she suffered. Because of her condition, it is not clear when she'll be arraigned on homicide charges. Live in Duxbury tonight, John Atwater, WCBB News Center 5. You know, you can hear from the, um, I think, the woman who's a neighbor saying that, um, you know, they had a beautiful life going. I mean, anyway, that's what really stood out to me in that that piece and I don't know it is it is it's hard to without question wrap your head around it let me find um I just want to find I there's uh that that press conference yesterday was really very very emotional I'm going to see if I might be able to locate it. It was done in the afternoon. Um, 
I also believe how much they have what um of the what a toll it took on the first responders that had to walk into that home and try to resuscitate those those three little children that is um i mean as you can imagine i mean that obviously um has taken a toll let me just i want to see um i don't know why i thought i had it folks i apologize with the plymouth da and from i thought i had the press conference i believe so no that's that's not it um Bear with me. I apologize. I don't know why I don't have more of that. All right. Abandoned ship on that. Let me go to this sound then. Oh, hold on. Let me just... I want to make sure we're not missing any. 112. 112 Thursday. Just a reminder, we're going to be doing Cranston PD Live tomorrow night, Friday night. Be able to uh, watch it as, uh, once again, we'll be live with the Cranston Police. Remember, the on-scene live stream. Okay, here we go. uh, Nope, that's not the one I want. Cancel. Um, I apologize. Let me just... Where is it that I'm looking for? All right, a lot of people... Hmm. Brianna Pitts, WBZ Channel 4. Sources tell the I-Team... Lindsay Clancy was suffering from postpartum psychosis, which can cause vivid hallucinations. I, I believe that she was, that is true, but I believe she was also being treated for it. All right, let me see the latest now. Oh, good, they have sound. Can always count on the Boston TV stations. Boston is a very good, very good television market. Um, nothing against our locals. Nothing against ten twelve six. All right, I think this should be it right here. Here we go. Why aren't I hearing anything? Clancy, the Duxbury mother accused of murdering two of her children and hurting her baby before trying to take her own life. I-team sources say Clancy was struggling with postpartum psychosis. Now, right now, she's hospitalized and in police custody. Tonight, the WBZ team is talking with community members, grieving the young victims and praying for their surviving brother, learning more about the criminal charges against their mother, and explaining the symptoms of postpartum psychosis and just how many women struggle with it. Our team coverage begins with Chris. Christina Rex live in Duxbury. And Christina, I know you just got information from investigators. Yeah, Lisa, Lindsay Clancy is still recovering in a Boston hospital, but she's now in police custody because she's facing those criminal charges. Now, as prosecutors wait for her health to improve before they can arraign her on those charges, a memorial here at the family home is growing in support of the children and this family. Investigators say Lindsay Clancy strangled her three young children Tuesday night before attempting to take her own life. The 32-year-old mother is now facing charges for homicide, strangulation, and assault. Our community is, of course, reeling from the tragic events of last night. When the kid's father came home, he found his wife in distress outside and called 911. When police arrived, they found the kids inside. Five-year-old Cora and three-year-old Dawson didn't make it. Their seven-month-old baby brother is in a Boston hospital fighting for his life. Certainly our heart's condolences go out to the Clancy family. Um, I cannot uh, begin to fathom 
the expressive, uh, the, the pain, the depth of pain that must be going on. Sources tell the I-team Lindsay was struggling with postpartum psychosis, a serious condition that can cause hallucinations and delusions. She was on leave from her job as a nurse at Mass General. It was, it was not a good scene to see. Neighbor John Sullivan saw mom and baby taken into an ambulance. He says from the outside, the Clancy's seem like a loving family. We would see her, the mother out in the backyard playing with the kids. During the summertime, she'd always be playing with the children. And, um, Everybody's in a state of disbelief. It is tragic. This tragedy affecting everyone in town, from people dropping off flowers and stuffed animals in support to the officers who first responded to the scene, now placed on leave. I work with them every day. Um, I know a little bit of what they go through, but when they tell me it's the worst they've ever seen, it's going to have an impact. Spoke by phone tonight with a woman here in Duxbury who works with mothers after they've given birth. She tells me the community is really coming together after this. She says that she posted online offering help to anybody who might be struggling, and she's already gotten calls from people who want to connect. For now, live in Duxbury, Christina Rex, WBZ News. It is very, very difficult story, folks. Again, good afternoon. Right now, it is 117. On this Thursday, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Let's get up to speed on all the news of the day, as a matter of fact. All the news of the day. Um, but that is that is a big one. That is still obviously uh, developing. And right now, I believe some of the... The big information is, in fact, they're waiting to see what's going what's gonna to be the end result. Um, getting more information about what, you know, what was it like leading up to the weekend and, as I said, then that, then that Tuesday as well. All right, I want to remind you folks about It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see Marie, the queen of health, at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, which they they offer, it's everything healthy. And, you know, it's so important, as a matter of fact, to remain healthy, both physically, mentally, Pop in and see Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has great local products. She has hemp and CBD products. And it's your chance to support a local retailer. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Let me go to, this is WBZ. Again, talking about the Duxbury Situation. Let me hear this. Postpartum psychosis, which is different from depression, are sharing their stories in the wake of this tragedy in Duxbury. Experts say the condition can cause vivid hallucinations and can make women fearful and delusional. One mom tells us her symptoms came in waves. They first showed up while her family was visiting Rhode Island months after she gave birth. We were in one of the mansions looking at a painting, and I started to tell my husband that my daughter was the person in the painting. I dropped her on the floor. I didn't even know I was holding a baby. I had no idea where I was. Uh, women who were treated for prior mental health conditions are at higher risk for developing postpartum psychosis. There is a national hotline for moms who have concerns about their mental health or just need someone to talk to. The number is 1-8-3-3-9-HELP-4-MOMS. It's on your screen right now. We also have it posted on our website, cbsboston.com. Women who have struggled you know, but with what we're psychosis. learning is it's very possible that she was, in fact receiving help i think that's what's also so difficult with this whole thing is that in fact she was getting help with i mean and that needs to be cleared up because then then it comes down to it's not even so much that someone needs to seek treatment but then it comes to i think it's 
frightening to think, in fact, that this happened in, you know, what in some way, because let, let's face it, it's, it could be one of those things that um, maybe people go away or is the medication. There, there's a lot right now that we don't know. And I want to also uh, mention the fact that as of right now, we have there's there's no information that's been put forward to say that anything has happened to the little boy and they have not given the name of the little boy. Someone um, sent it to me, but I don't feel the need to release the name. We did learn the names of the little boy and the uh, the, the three year old boy. But I'm talking about the infant, the seven month old infant, that part we 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 don't know about and and what i meant is we know the name of the boy Matt, um dawson we know the name of the girl cora we don't know the name first name of the seven month old infant and from i also learned that the police you know and this this happens in a in a um, an investigation, the first thing they want to do is, as you can imagine, but the first thing they want to do is clear the husband. So they they checked with the restaurant, and it all panned out that everything was as he had said that he was going to just pick up the order, and then when he came home, that's what he came home to. Which is different. It is different. Yes. You know, that woman that they spoke to saying, in fact, that it was um, it was so she thought that was her daughter in the painting at the Newport mansion. I mean, that is um, that's frightening, right? That is certainly uh, frightening. Just see. Um, oh, that's what that is. Okay, folks. Again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty and nine point nine FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is depietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in and see our leader, John Francis, four thirty five Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Whether it is firearms or ammo. Or whatever it may be. Maybe you have some firearms and you need to be a little more liquid. Well, bring them in. Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Let's see. Uh, I want to... It's the other sound that I wanted to... Play. I played the part about, well, let me go to the Today Show. There was another piece there that I saw. Bill Maher had a, a guest on, and they were talking about the situation with transgender. But unless I want to play it and just beep out, I mean, I, I really agreed with Bill Maher and the guest But because of the language, then you have to kind of run into that a little bit, and it's certainly problematic. Um, right, President Trump back on Facebook. I think that's good. I know that's a positive thing. How about this? The days of working from home are fading for a lot of employees. Let me hear this piece. Today's Consumer Confidential and a look at the state of the workplace. There's a good chance you're getting ready to hop in the car right now and head to the office. Because more companies are requiring employees to come back. Which begs the question, is working from home a thing of the past? Our Emily Akeda is here with what it all means. Hey, Emily, good morning. Good morning. Well, many workers had no choice but to work from home during the pandemic. Now virtual flexibility is highly sought after. The number of virtual job listings is quickly dwindling, leaving many people wondering if this is the beginning of the end for remote work. 
The days of working from home are fading for more employees, now being called back to the office. Disney recently announcing its employees will be required to spend four days a week on site. CEO Bob Iger writing in a letter, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and create with peers that comes from being physically together. The media giant among the latest to ramp up time in person in recent months, a move met by frustration from some. When your job that was once work from home starts making everyone go back into the office multiple times a week. Despite high demand, the number of remote roles is rapidly shrinking, according to LinkedIn, making up 13% of job postings compared to 21% less than a year ago. And a lot of it has to do with employers starting to pull back, uh, starting to say, we are still hiring, but we want you on site. We want you in place. In search of a hybrid work model, among other things, tech researcher Alicia Takaoka expanded her job search beyond the U.S. What good is having a house if you don't get to spend it there because you're commuting to work? And um, what good is having a job if you can't enjoy any time off? The mounting pressure in the U.S. to return to the office comes as surveys suggest some workers are dialing it back on the job. A new Gallup poll found less than a third of workers are engaged with their position, compared to 36% in 2020. Are you asking me to overwork myself? It's 2023, Karen. Minimum wage equals minimal effort. Hashtags like worker wage and quiet quitting catching fire. You can't expect people to show up, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, but then also ask them to work on reasonable hours and take on tasks that are way outside the scope of their roles. Career coach Mandy Woodruff Santos says it's all about striking a balance. Are you finding more people are valuing work life balance? A thousand percent. What people are valuing more than more than ever is their own version of what they want their work and their personal lives to look like. So, I mean, with low unemployment, a lot of people think employees are in the driver's seat. Yeah. If they want to change their work situation, what are some of the options there? And especially if people have concerns when it comes to feeling like they're being pushed back to the office, a couple of things that you should keep in mind. The first thing you want to do is make sure you have a full understanding of your company's policies, especially when it comes to understanding the policies around remote work. Prepare a proposal and make sure it leans heavily into how is my situation going to benefit the company mm-hmm. and then address any concerns head on. Set up a one-on-one meeting with your manager. One of the things we've seen suffer the most is... And explain you don't want to go back into the office is what it comes down to. Now, a lot of this also is being driven by, for instance, in Washington, D.C., folks, and again, good afternoon at 128. I know in Washington, D.C., the mayor is insisting that the Biden administration uh, get, get more people back, back to work, meaning having to go in. Because apparently uh, a number of people that work in government, they do not have to uh, report in. And they're saying, and, and as someone who the last time, last September, when I was in D.C., um, it, it is still kind of a ghost town. So... Something, you know, something's got to change there. They, they, the restaurant, they depend on it. All right, I want to hear the latest now with, uh, with what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. This is the Today Show had a good piece on this. In Ukraine, under what's being called a, quote, massive attack this morning, just hours after the United States announced it is sending more than 30 tanks to the region in its war against Russia. For the very latest, we go to Ralph Sanchez. He is in Kharkiv this morning. Hey, Raf, good morning. Howdy, good morning. The Kremlin says the West decision to send tanks means they are now directly involved in the war, and this appears to be the Kremlin's response. A barrage of 55 missiles fired at targets all across this country, according to the Ukrainian Air Force. They say they are shooting down most of them, but some, unfortunately, are getting through. Here in Kharkiv, you can see the damage caused by previous Russian strikes, and the sirens have been wailing in this city all morning as civilians here brace for the worst. This morning, Vladimir Putin sending a message with a wave of strikes across Ukraine. Dozens of Russian missiles and self-destructing drones targeting Kyiv and other cities. At least one person killed in the capital, according to the mayor. The attack just hours after President Biden reversed course and announced he'll give 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. 
will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. The Abram tanks are the most capable tanks in the world. The Kremlin responding, these tanks will burn down just like all the other ones. Weighing in at 70 tons and armed with a 120 millimeter cannon, the Abrams has long been the iron fist of the U.S. military. But it's difficult to maintain and could be months before it reaches the battlefield. Ukraine instead hoping Germany's Leopard 2 tanks will arrive in time to head off a fresh Russian offensive, possibly in the coming weeks, according to Ukrainian officials. President Zelensky saying a sense of relief comes only after the weapons which our partners give us are already being used by our army. Zelensky overnight also meeting with the UN's top official for refugees. We caught up with him as he surveyed the damage from previous Russian bombing in Kharkiv. Every time is as painful and as frustrating and as horrible as the first time. Nearly a year into the war, 8 million Ukrainians are refugees outside their country, and millions more are displaced inside it. Among them, 32-year-old Irina Prokovyeva, who depends on aid to care for her baby son, Makar. The nine-month-old born weeks into the war in a hospital also treating wounded Russian troops. It's impossible to buy anything here, she says. People left with almost nothing, sharing what little they have. And Roth, it's hard to believe we are nearing the one-year mark since the start of this war. So are strikes like this something we could see more of going in? All right. I, um, folks, at one thirty-two. good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I am seeing that they have the jury has now reached a verdict. I'm seeing both uh, Alexandra Leslie of, of uh, WPRI, Channel 12. The jury has a verdict. And so... It's right now one thirty-two. I'm on the air until 2. They're going to come out. Um, we're about to find out. The charges, Officer Dolan, this is the off-duty Pawtucket police officer, assault with a dangerous weapon, seriously bodily, bodily injury resulting, and that was on the driver, Dominic Vincent, assault with a dangerous weapon, Vincent Greco, who was one of the passengers, assault with a dangerous weapon, Joseph Greco, another passenger, Discharge of a firearm while committing a crime of violence. So we are right now, I'm going to stay with this. Now, obviously, I can't get to the courthouse, which is fine. But the jury does have a verdict in the Dolan trial. And it sounds as if we're going to know between now and 2 o'clock. So as I've said, we want to wait on this. Uh, This is, in fact, the case where you had that off-duty police officer protected. I'll play a piece. There have been some uh, good television pieces on this. I will say this. As I said, I believe I will be surprised if it's a not guilty. They just started deliberating this morning, and they had to have a new uh, alternate juror come in. So we are standing by um, right now for that verdict. It's one thirty-four, and I want to just, um, I'm just seeing what some other things that are. Um, I'm just seeing. Uh, okay, right now they are, they are there in the courtroom. I'm up, I can play the, one of the uh, Channel 10 and Channel 12 pieces while we're waiting on a verdict here. My goodness. A loaded tractor tractor trailer has rolled over on 93 right now. Yeah, that's going to delay things a little bit. <laughs> All right. We have the reporters in the courtroom. Dolan faces the uh, charges. Listen, I also 
verdict reached in Dolan, waiting for it to be read. So NBC10, they have it. I've seen them. They've had good coverage there. It's been a a top case for the defense attorney, Michael Colucci. He did the best he could. He He was dealt a tough hand. I'll just play. They they also, it, it didn't take long. People were wondering how long this was going to take. And we're getting our answer right now because as much as they started deliberating yesterday, they had to restart deliberations this morning because one of the jurors had COVID. So let me hear. This is the latest now from the Channel 12. Are charged with shooting a teenager while he was off duty. At this hour, we're learning of a change in the jurors, and it's expected to affect how the deliberations progress. Not really. Cove News reporter Alexandra Leslie joins us now live at the Kent County Courthouse with the latest. Okay, the court announced earlier this morning that a juror unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19 and that an alternate juror would need to be brought in. Now, that process happened earlier this morning, and now deliberations have had to restart that process now underway. So some background here. There were 14 jurors who were sitting in on this trial for the duration. Two were dismissed yesterday afternoon, bringing that group down to 12. This means though the Whoa, alternate coming back on. has to hold on facts in this case. Hold Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here we go. Joanna Burris, verdict. Daniel Dolan, count one, not guilty. Assault with a dangerous weapon, seriously bodily injury resulting. Count two, not guilty. Assault against Vincent Greco. Count three, not guilty. Assault against Joseph Greco. Count four, not guilty. Now that is the Channel 10 reporter. This is a stunning development. Wow. She is the first one. Not guilty. Assault with a dangerous weapon. Count two, not guilty. Huh. Wow, they bought the whole thing. That he was just trying to talk to them. Now those kids were going fast. And during the trial... Michael Colucci, let me see if we can get our uh, legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, on here. Michael Colucci is saying he went after those kids pretty aggressively. Wow. Let me see, where is, um, boy, I am surprised. You know, the one thing about it maybe was the speed that they were going. Maybe that came into play. You know, this also comes back to, boy, Michael Colucci, what a job by him. Now, I want to get all of this. I want to make sure that is the Channel 10 reporter. Granted, I'm not in the courtroom. Breaking. Not guilty on all charges. Dolan's family burst out into tears of joy. Vincent's family is very angry, saying they fear Dolan will kill someone. What a job by Michael Colucci. Wow. Holy cow. (sighs) I, um... I, I am stunned at this. We're going to have to talk to Attorney Tim Dodd later then, it's, unless I could get him on the line. Wow. Oh, boy. Look at that. Not guilty. All charges. Officer Dolan out of Pawtucket. You know, Tim Dodd had mentioned a lot of people are hesitant. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Some, yeah, I, I just read it. I, I just read on here. Wow. Whew. Now, the they they believe here's what it seemingly comes down to that they should have 
stopped when he had his badge out and wanted to talk to them. That's what it comes down to. Not guilty on all charges. Wow. Hmm. Unregistered truck. Six-pack in the front seat. I thought the prosecutors did a good job. But, yeah. That is amazing. I want to see. Right now, folks, at 141. Boy, you never know. The jury came back. As someone I attended, I am very surprised. I am very surprised. Although I'll say that not guilty on all charges. I would imagine he's going to be a police officer again. Dolan's family burst into tears of joy. Vincent's family is very angry, saying they fear he'll kill someone. Not guilty on all charges. He shot an unarmed teen. Now, I want, I, it would be curious to see if any of the jurors talk. It would be to the media. It would be curious to see if what the judge's instructions were. When he gate laid it out, assault with a dangerous weapon, seriously bodily injury resulting, not guilty. He shot the kid through the window. Wow. All right. Now, as I said, he did have military experience. He was polite on the stand with the yes sir, no sir. Attorney General's office, this is a big case for them to lose. By all accounts, everyone that attended the trial, he seemed like he snapped. And that he went and shot them. But they must have believed him. He took the stand and convinced the jury that that they were trying to run him down. Now, one of the kids did say... One of the teens was saying that they were driving the car to try to get him off the car. And I'm curious if that played in to not guilty assault with a dangerous weapon on Vincent Greco, not guilty. Assault with a dangerous weapon, seriously bodily injury resulting, Dominic Vincent, the driver not guilty. Discharge of a firearm while committing a crime of violence. Not guilty. Wow, Michael Colucci. What a remarkable job by the defense attorney. Again, folks, right now at 143, repeating our breaking news, Officer Daniel Dolan of Pawtucket has been found not guilty. Wow. Hmm. That, that is very surprising. Very, very surprising, as a matter of fact. Holy cow. I would be curious, other than they must, as someone that attended... The speed of the three teens in their Audi and that, I wonder if that played in, that the jurors felt that they should not have been driving that fast. I will say that I found the driver... He was kind of sparring with Michael Colucci, defense attorney. So he was, I thought, maybe a little cocky. Um, I thought he was talking too much. And it came down to Dolan took the stand and said he was on the side of the vehicle. And if he had not 
he fired as he was jumping out of the way because they were driving right at him. And they must have believed him. They must have believed that the kids should have stopped. He then said he wanted to have a fatherly chat. And he went to approach them with his badge out. Dolan said that if that was his children and they were older or a family member, that they should stop. Um, it's funny. I was at the when I was at the trial last week. I I, I did text someone that I thought that the the kids were like a little too cocky on the stand, or I just thought. Talking too much. They had that really good witness, though. It was in the green Subaru. And he said, I know what I saw. He was on the side. But, boy, Michael Colucci, the defense attorney. How? Hmm. I think this was key. I tweeted out on the 19th. Let me just check. I am stunned, folks, a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't be. It was a week ago, last Thursday, defense attorney for Officer Dolan, Michael Colucci, pounding away at witness Dominic Vincent regarding the events of Good Pizza. Hmm. I don't know what. Maybe they were too confident. Colucci won the case, the defense attorney. He convinced, (laughs) he convinced the jury. Wow. Not guilty. I find that very surprising. And I'll tell you why. I thought the prosecutor's saying he had no jurisdiction to be there. He he instigated the problems by being there. Uh, There was no reason to fire his weapon. Uh, Apparently, the jurors didn't feel that way. A jury has found Officer Dolan... Not guilty on all charges. You know, as our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd said, this was a tough case. And wow. All right, we'll have uh, Tim Dodd on tomorrow. What What a job by Michael Colucci, the defense attorney. Oh, I'm sorry I'm not at court to get his reaction afterwards. Maybe I'll contact him and we'll have him on tomorrow. Hmm, I am stunned. In just going through, now granted, Michael Colucci, the defense attorney for Officer Dolan, he did a very powerful opening argument. I, I was unable to see his closing argument, but the jurors obviously bought his rendition of things that He did all of those actions because they were coming at him. And this was an officer who was speeding on the highway, who was driving an unregistered truck, who was had a six pack of beer next to him on the seat, swung in. Got out with his granted to put his badge up. The kids backed up. And as they were trying to get away from them, he discharged, shot, and wounded the driver. And then maybe it also comes into play that he administered first aid on the scene. He did call 911, even though some other people had also called. Maybe that came into play as I'm thinking of it. I mean, as I'm sitting there, like... All right, so then he was trying to administer a a tourniquet, and he called 911. But that was after he had shot, you know, the teen. And 
I think it was also interesting when Michael Colucci questioned the team and said, why didn't you try to get away from him when he was coming up to you to apply first aid? Now, was that because they said because we knew he was a police officer? Did they feel they were fleeing from a police officer? It's still, I again, I, I'd be curious to see if the jurors say anything. In this case, um, the way that the defense attorney, Michael Colucci, framed it, I thought he did a, he obviously did a very, very strong job with it. Folks, this portion of the program, and again, at 151, Boy, it paid off to go to trial. Off-duty protective police officer Daniel Dolan, not guilty, all four counts. This portion of the program, I if I sound surprised, I am surprised. Brought to you by Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Their slogan, dream, build, enjoy, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They're based in Smithfield. Now, what can they do? I know you're asking, why should I call Limitless Outdoors? Well, they specialize in patios and walkways. It's cold out. It's wintertime, I know. But eventually, the calendar tells us things are going to warm up. And then you're going to want to be outside and enjoy it. Limitless Outdoors. Steps, outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. They also offer in indoor Indoor stone, veneer services, they can update your indoor fireplace. Limitless outdoors because it is limitless what they can do. Consultation, well, you can ask questions, develop a plan. Remember, dream, build, enjoy with Limitless Outdoors. Call today, free quote, 401-580-1852. They're based in Swithfield. Call Chris. It's incredible what he can do. With your outside, as a matter of fact, it is limitless. Limitless outdoors, 401-580-1852. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Wow. I'm aware of that. I like these people. Yes, not guilty. I know that. Yes, I just announced it. Yep. Yes, that's true. Yes, I just announced it live. Part on the radio. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I know that. I know people are trying to be helpful. I recognize that. Yes, I get it. Not guilty. Well, once again, not to, well, well I don't know. Are there already people are the juror? What did the jurors say? Well, if I had to guess, I, I think I'd laid out what I think the jurors might list of what led them to that decision. And that would be along the lines. Let me just also double check. But um, I, I'll say the speed they were going. The fact that he did call 911. The fact that I found the driver talked a little bit too much on the scene, on the stand, excuse me. Um, not guilty. Off duty. He argued he'd feared for his life was acting in the interest of safety. Wow. In going through it, how could it be interpreted? Let's see. Several ways. It came down to they, the, the jurors must have felt that the teens should have stopped. Perhaps that they knew he was a police officer. And trying to get away because that is interesting that Michael Colucci, the defense attorney, asked the driver 
what, what, when you saw him coming, why didn't you run then? And he said, well, we, I didn't want to get shot again. But that, there, there is a part of that that maybe you think, well, wait a minute. If you truly were afraid of him and thought it was a road rage incident and here comes that guy again, aren't you like, we got to continue to get out of here? Don't you continue to run? But they didn't run. So, boy, that is, um, that is very surprising. But again, it's a police officer. It, I would think he would maybe be able to return to the job. I'm not sure why he would not be able to return to his job. He was just found not guilty. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they are waiting for you at the Lodge. And this weekend, obviously, big football weekend, they'll be rolling at the Lodge. Now, folks, again, repeating this uh, breaking story, I'd be very curious some of the reasoning that the jurors may point to. As someone that attended the trial, I am Surprised at this, at this verdict. Jury finds protected officer accused of shooting a teen not guilty on all counts. Um, I would be curious as to their reasoning because I thought the prosecutors made a very strong argument. He had no jurisdiction there. They must have felt. Now, Officer Dolan, he was in the military. He was on the stand. He was very polite on the stand. He answered with yes, sir, no, sir. He was saying I was trying to stop them. They did clock them going over 100 miles an hour on 95 South. I found the driver of the vehicle was on the stand, was talking too much on the stand, seen kind of sparring with Michael Colucci. Um... Dolan took the stand and gave an explanation that he was merely trying to stop them and stop someone else from getting hurt because of the way they were driving. And the jurors believed him and found him not guilty. But what what is a little uh, surprise? Well, there's a lot. of I am surprised at the verdict. But I want to just set the scene again. Unregistered truck. Dolan admitted he was going almost 80 miles an hour on 95 South, came darting in, cut them off, jumped out of the truck, had his badge out, and then when they wouldn't stop for him, he fired, he shot. And even they even the prosecutors even had the eyewitness that said that Dolan was on the driver's side, which means he wasn't in their way as they were driving away. I'm going to speculate farther down the road by the liquor store, he applied first aid and they didn't drive and run away from him. So I think that would imply they knew he was a police officer, number one. Number two, the speeding. They were speeding over 100 miles an hour on 95 South in the Audi. And number three, number three. I found the driver talked a little bit too much. He's a nice kid. I've interviewed in the past him and the parents. Thought he was a little talking too much. And number four, one of the passengers said we, he was trying to get the guy off his car. So we started driving forward. Well, folks, we'll learn more. It's John DePietro. Again, I will be in court tomorrow against that orange ski mask man. But the, repeating the big news, the off-duty protective police officer found not guilty, not guilty off all counts. Listen, enjoy this Thursday. Stay tuned. WNRI Winsocket.